You ever get the feeling that everything in America is completely fucked up? At least, yeah, he you can't even blame it on pregnancy. The whole country is like <laughs> one inch away from saying, that's it, forget it. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, now look, here's a house full of bees. Like you think the honey badger cares? It doesn't give a shit. Listen, let's get one thing straight. Price is right. Guns don't kill people. I do. jam yeah that's such a good song we almost covered that song in choke uh just before we stopped really playing music yeah nice yeah i love i love that band uh x for those who don't know um did you ever follow the john doe stuff the, the solo stuff he did no but i did like the knitters a lot yeah which is their country right version of x basically yeah, yeah they were uh if there's a book called, oh boy, what's it called? It's not This Bank Could Be Your Life. That's a different one. It was a it was a book about the early L.A. punk scene, with like the Blasters, X, the Germs, and they all, everyone said the same thing about X. Like They were a little different because everyone in that bank was really good at their instrument, which wasn't really a thing back then. Right. <laughs> so... Especially their um, their guitar player, which I'm, his name is escaping me, uh, Billy something. I'm not going to remember. But yeah, they all say the same thing. That was a cool time for music too, because it wasn't it didn't become. I know we've talked about this before, but it didn't become this homogenous thing where right. punk sounds like this. This is what you wear. It was like a hodgepodge because it was more of just a different. We're just doing something. Anything different goes. Like, yeah. Well, unmistakable sound, right? right? Those guys, X, like yeah. you could never mistake them for another band. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All, you hear that a lot about the bands back then. It was that like the great ones, like the Minutemen. Like the great thing about them is they could play their instruments really well. You know. <laughs> <laughs> what a concept. <laughs> Only in punk rock did you <laughs> hear that said. Would you be an outlier? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I was back in the hospital again today. This time it was a planned visit, Mm -hmm. fortunately. Had one more biopsy done. This this would be the kidney biopsy, right? Kidney biopsy. I have now been poked and prodded (laughs) (laughs) one more time. I had a really cool nurse because I told her, I could tell like, this chick likes to party mm-hmm. because when I told her that the last guy had to give me double the dosage of fentanyl, uh-huh. she was like, Oh, okay, no problem. I'll bring an extra for you. <laughs> <laughs> 
This was in the hospital, correct? No, th- I'm sorry. This is uh, in the parking lot before gotcha. okay. going to the hospital. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I had enough uh, fentanyl in my system today to black out, which I did. Nice. Don't re- don't remember anything again of the procedure. Wow. Good thing about this procedure, I came out of it without a collapsed lung, nice. which yeah, bonus is total bonus. Nice bonus, you know. Uh, I was surprised actually to feel as good as I did. I had to sit in the recovery room for two hours mm-hmm. and, uh, the, the nurses, <laughs> the nurses that were in there were super cool. It was fun talking to them. Uh-huh. And, uh, I've been doing this thing lately where I've been probing the healthcare people around me about masking really and vaccines uh-huh. because We've reached a tipping point where people are now becoming more and more likely to be honest with you about this stuff. Yeah, I would I would attribute that to the narrative has pretty consistently been caving in on itself. Yeah, it's changing. Also has been a very unique and entertaining psychological phenomenon of people easing off the brakes on everything or easing off the gas, I guess it would be uh-huh. and becoming less aggressive with their opinions and staunchly dug in to the narrative. Yeah. And then there's this other weird branch going off <laughs> that tree of ideology of the people that are just, they will not admit that they were wrong or, right. or it's stupid anymore. And they're fully doubling up. It's, yep. You're gonna thing to watch. You're always gonna have those people. Yeah, I think that that with all the conspiracy fact stuff that's been out there, mm-hmm. and it's getting so much attention that it's actually starting to permeate into people's normal psyches. Oh yeah, to the point where, Absolutely. like, my own dad just out of the blue texted me and said, "Hey, uh, you know, so and so up in Fortuna, they died of the of the vaccine." Like he just said right. it straight out like that. I'm like, huh? Yeah. Just when, when you and I were showing died suddenly, Correct. he wanted nothing to do with it because it was anti-vax. Yeah. We're what a month and a half later. <laughs> and he's sending me text messages that point blank say so-and-so died of the vaccine. <laughs> so this, this shift is happening. So anyways, I was, I was sitting in the, in the recovery bed and one of Two of the three nurses there weren't wearing their masks, mm-hmm. and the one dude was drinking coffee. Mm-hmm. And I had to fast since last night, so I hadn't had any coffee right. yet. And I was looking at his coffee, and I was like, dude, is there any way I could get one of those? And he goes, oh, yeah, actually, I got this from the uh, the kiosk uh, down the way, and you know, it just finally opened, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, shit. He's like, here, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll give you half of mine. And he goes to grab oh, another. No yeah, he goes to grab another cup and pour his coffee that he's already been drinking on right. into my cup to give it to me. Dang. Yeah, and the other nurse there's like, whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, like hospitals are pretty fucking anal about like transmission of germs. Everything gets re, you know, used one time and then thrown away into a biohazard fucking trash can right. with red. Uh, plastic liner in it. And this guy's just going to dump half of his coffee into a cup and give it to me. He's a fucking nurse. <laughs> I was like, so I was like, okay, these guys are cool. And I started probing them. Like, so what do you, what is this thing with the masks? What this do you guys is, really think? This is interesting. Cause you brought up a couple buzzwords and it's just, everything's like coming together into this one stream at this point is my first thought is, uh, you know, you just brought up probe 
you know, you're probing them for information. And he brought up anal. And I was, <laughs> the first thing I see him, I was like, this is weird. This is very uh, serendipitous. Because as you're talking about all these procedures, I was like, you know what the silver lining is? Is when you get abducted by aliens, finally, you're going to be like, yeah. whatevs, dude. Yeah, like, just don't collapse my lung. All right. Just do, do what you want to do. <laughs> just get me home by dinner. If anyway, you could double up the fentanyl, that'd be great, too, by the way. <laughs> So I probed these guys about, I anally probed these guys about what they thought the, the, the masking situation. And one of them gave kind of the canned answer. Uh-huh. Actually, two, two of the three did. And the third kind of saw my side and was like, yeah, it's all kind of ridiculous. They all agreed that everything that we were doing around COVID was ridiculous. Really? But they wouldn't give up the idea that masks worked, even though I was trying to kind of share with them the, the studies and stuff. But I mean, who am I? I'm just some guy. I don't expect them to totally just change their minds on it. But, but it did. Kind of, I you're, not tell, like, you're not like a neuroscientist that follows this stuff. We'll get as there if that's a thing. Um, so that wasn't the only experience I had this week of kind of an enlightening moment with a healthcare worker. So my mom is in a facility right now because she fell and broke her hip right the day before she was supposed to leave and go back home <laughs> and uh so i i've been wanting to, to tell the story so bad but <laughs> go on so to go uh to go visit her you need to have a negative covid test so you either take one there wait 15 minutes mm-hmm. or you could take one at home and bring it in right and show it to him and so that's what i did but I recorded my conversation with the lady at the front desk, mm-hmm. and I'm going to play it for you Okay, now. I, I just walked in, and I told her I was there to see uh, my mom. Have you been here earlier today? No. Okay, so we need to wrap the test you before. Oh, there you go. Awesome, thank you. And do you have a mask with you? Uh, no, I don't. Okay, I have to give you one before you come on in, oh. and you're good. Even though I have a negative self-wear mask? Yeah, everybody. Really? What's yeah. the purpose of that? Um... No, it's just for the safety for everybody. I mean, we haven't stopped wearing them. So we have uh, the mask is for COVID, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even though I have a negative COVID test, I have to wear this. Yeah. And then, Does um, that make sense to you? Find... Uh, nothing makes sense okay. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for admitting. A great answer. No. Yes. Nothing it, makes I sense. I mean, it's, it's frustrating to it's, listen to. It's frustrating, but it's... Very encouraging that it's frustrating for that woman, right? Too, and I've just been experiencing more and more. That. I think people are more and more comfortable letting you know that it's frustrating because nothing makes sense anymore. Yes. That's what she said. Yeah, hats off to that lady. So, yeah, uh, something that's a bit ominous that stuck out is when she goes, "Well, no, it's just what we've been doing. We've been doing it the whole time." I'm like, are you a fan of Thoreau? Foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of young, many young minds. Like, break the fucking cycle. Think about this critically. Like, if this doesn't make sense, no, don't just show up. Go like, that's just what we're doing. It's like, just use a little bit of critical thinking, which is to go back to our NPC conversation. This is what we talk about when we talk about an NPC. It's like, nah, I just, I don't think about these things. This is what they told me to do. This is what I'm doing. And that's kind of the end of it. I don't think about it after that. You are demonized and criticized for using critical thought. Oh yeah. Look at the story that James told us about his boy who was questioning what his teachers were telling him, asking very good questions about some, uh, some climate related stuff, just asking questions, which now actually, have you, have you caught onto that buzzword or buzz phrase? 
just asking questions. Right. Just asking questions as if that that's you basically admitting that you're a white supremacist domestic terrorist. That has stood out to me, asking questions, quote unquote. And I thought a lot about, and we're going to get into this later, but the word skeptic and skepticism have been thinking about a lot. Uh-huh. And uh, I have several several thoughts on this as it's going to pertain to the, the conversation we're going to have here later. It's It has turned, it has been morphed into a pejorative. I was like, well, how is being a skeptic a bad thing? Have you ever looked up the original uh, meaning of skepticism? Mm-mm. So it's like a, it's a, um, a sect of, of thought, of philosophical thought from the Greeks. Yeah. Just like stoicism and agnosticism. And mm-hmm. we use those terms now to mean something different than right. what they originally meant. And I, Tom Woods actually went over all of them in oh, one interesting. episode that was really okay, interesting. I listen to that. You should check it out because skepticism means something, I believe, a little bit different than the way that we use it now. But it's really interesting what this school of thought was yeah. about where that came from and why that was a, a, a philosophy that people um, followed. Because it, right. it was basically just, and it's interesting we're bringing this up, because it was basically those isms were a path towards understanding, enlightenment, and you know, essentially happiness. Mm-hmm. Right? right? We think of them now as something different than that. But they, these philosophers came up with these isms as a way for people to deal with the world around them uh, in a, essentially in a religious sort of way. Right. Um, they weren't at the time just these, most of them are used kind of in a derogatory yeah. sense now. So, uh, And to just put a cap on our linguistic statement <laughs> is, uh, it's philosophy, bro. Philosophy. Uh, do you know where the term conspiracy theorist came from? Uh, wasn't it invented by the FBI? Yeah, by the FBI and the CIA. It was to put out there after the Kennedy assassination right. for anyone that questioned the Warren report. Yes. is So this whole thing of changing language and weaponizing it is definitely not a new thing. Yes. No. I mean, <laughs> by yes, 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 no, no. So I found something interesting, and it made me kind of just sent my mind like down this journey is so we're talking about like skepticism. And so we have been, it's used a lot within the, what's, what is it now? It's a vaccine skeptic and that's been turned into a pejorative. It's a way to like demonize someone being a skeptic. It's not even your anti-vax it's, you know, which I'm not, it's just like, I'm skeptical, Mm -hmm. but I'm not a vaccine skeptic. I'm an everything skeptic. I have been my whole life. I'm skeptical of authority and power and banking and economics and our monetary. I'm skeptical of my tap water, for Christ's sake. Like, I just, it's not an unhealthy thing. I'm not some weird curmudgeon living in the woods. It's like, I just question everything. If I don't know exactly, right. if I can't see it in front of my face, like, I, it's when well, it's, it's interesting to me that how is it that you are seen as like unhinged or, not thinking mentally stably by asking questions. Take that your, is a bizarre concept. To take me. your tap water, for example. When you were a little kid drinking the tap water mm-hmm. in Ferndale, which is some of the best water God has ever put on the earth, mm-hmm. were you skeptical of that water when you were a kid? When I was a kid, no. Yeah. Why would you become skeptical of tap water? Because the more that I learn about power structures and corruption, is I eventually go like, if they fucked up 
all of these things, I have to assume, just using a simple mathematical model, that they are everything is corrupt. Everything I would guess that it's correct. I would guess that it's even more specific than that. That you heard about fucked up tap water. Yes. And then how it got fucked up, yeah, then you why it didn't get fixed, right. why it was uh, swept under the rug, and who it was protecting, and then you became skeptical of tap water. There's a very, very good, clear, honest reason that you're skeptical of tap water. You know, we're not really, as, as skeptical individuals, we're not skeptical of every single thing. Right. That would be a mental disorder. But we are skeptical of the things that have proven to be fucked up vaccines not withstanding right i was not skeptical of vaccines i gave my son this is vaccines and then i then i learned about all this fuckery that was going on with the covid air quotes vaccine oh and i dropped that line today at the hospital what'd you say i said it's not a vaccine it's a, a treatment and they all three of them actually i think there are only two in the room at the time but they both were like yeah yeah no. They yes. Really? They admitted it. They understand. They know what a vaccine is. It's something that stops you from getting or spreading a disease. That is awesome. I know. Nice. I know. Man, Isn't that you cool? Put me in really good. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Uh, so I, I when I would talk about because my skeptic needle has been buried in the red for the last three years uh, for the various the various reasons that we talk about on this podcast and it's interesting that you brought up the notion of calling people like anti-vax which we get called all the time and we're not it's just it's factually incorrect and it really made me think because when the vaccine was rolled out we didn't all sit around and have a conversation about it i had no thoughts about it when it rolled out i just going like i think i'm good like i'm, I'm not worried i was never worried about covid I mean, just with the, even the initial numbers coming out, like I just, I'm not at risk for it. I, can I say what I thought? Sure. It was that this could be good. This, maybe we can all go back to work. Yeah. I had that thought. Yes. I was not right. Yeah. That <laughs> was not what they were planning. And, um, and, but I had no like strong feelings about it. I didn't go like, oh, you know, no, you have to strap me down or you know all this, and Mm-mm. you know, everyone around me got the vaccine. I'm like, hey, hey, make your own decision. Like, I'm I'm not going to get it. I got a lot of pushback of people saying you really need to take it. And like, I'm, I'll make that decision. And the more that people would push back, then the more I'd be like, what? This is getting a little weird. Like, why would you care if the vaccine works? Why would you care if I'm vaccinated or not? Like, it's on me, right? I'm I'm, I'm at risk. That, I mean, that's what we thought back then. Yeah. Turns out fucking nothing that was said was true back then. Yeah. And I had these initial thoughts in the beginning where it said, when people would press me into it, you know, in a healthy way, like, hey, just tell me like, what you're thinking behind it. I'm like, well, number one, I'm just not at risk for this, this pathogen. I'm just not worried about it. Uh, my cardio's up. I eat a good diet. You know, I take supplements. I'm, I'm just not, this is not something that's going to affect me the way I can see it. And... I also just have a pretty deep distrust of power and authority. It's just they just the more that you read into history, you find out that these people's people are liars. A huge page of my life of like a turning point was uh, by a, that book by John Perkins, Confessions of an Economic Hitman. Mm-hmm. You read that, you're like, holy shit! Like we've done some like evil shit. You know, this is like stuff you hear about like weird deep state stuff and. I don't know. They just send you on like maybe like maybe they're lying about like everything, or at least I have to be skeptical and ask questions. And then I would always when I talk to people, I was like, "Well, 
I use the the egg analogy because I was you know growing up a kid in the '90s, and I was taught that um, fat was really bad, and what you need is like bread and mm-hmm. these low fat crackers and <laughs> Cheerios. Yeah, the food pyramid. Yeah, the food pyramid. And I was talking like... And like, maybe like, just a little bit of meat. A tiny bit of meat, maybe two eggs a week. And that turns out to be... I mean, in my Upside down. that's been completely untrue. Yeah. So, and I'm like, well, from there, these are the same people that said this. So I was like, why, why would I trust them now? You know, we use that, or at least I do. I use that model for everything. I use it for... Al Gore got everything right. I mean, everything wrong and an inconvenient truth. Why would I listen to him now? Right. Anthony Fauci got everything wrong. Everything that came out of his mouth. I mean, he was either wrong or he's lying. So why would I listen to him? Have you seen the new food pyramid that just came out? No. This is interesting. Okay. I thought this was, I thought it was a joke. This is like a plant, like someone's, and I researched it and it's actually, it's the real thing, is they put this food pyramid into three tiers. Uh, there's green, yellow, and red. Green is to be encouraged. Yellow is to be moderated. Red is to be minimized. And then they give it a score from 1 to 100. At the very top of that pyramid, solid green line, 100 out of 100, watermelon. Like it, like it's the perfect food? Yeah. This is what you should give your kids is watermelon. Watermelon. Here's you can survive on watermelon and watermelon alone. Listen to this. Here's what's in the green ca- in the green category. I did see this actually now that you... Watermelon. Frosted mini wheats. Yeah. What the fuck? Chocolate covered almonds. Orange juice with calcium, which is just... Orange juice has the same amount of sugar as soda. It's like I, I am never going to give my kids soda. Like I'll, once a year, it'll be a treat. I will defend uh, orange juice over soda because it's not high fructose corn syrup. Okay, yeah, I'll give you that one. But I, they don't. What they they don't delineate is this frozen orange juice from concentrate because that's just a bunch of chemicals and sugar. Fresh squeezed orange juice. Okay, we can bump that up. Uh, in the yellow, uh, sweet potato fries or chips. <laughs> Lucky Charms. Whole wheat bread. Wait, Lucky Charms aren't as healthy as frosted mini wheats? Lucky Charms gets a 60 out of 100 and is like solid in the middle of the pack. So there's somebody that's like being, that's been trapped in a basement somewhere at the FDA and being forced to work on this thing. And what he's actually doing is trying to put out little messages that saying like, help. I'm trapped. <laughs> so, so he rich. inserted Lucky Charms into the yellow to let people know that this is actually uh, a total scam, right? Because exactly. he's like, what can I do? I can do one thing to get people to wake people up and let them know that I'm trapped in this basement. I got it. I'll put the most ridiculous food I can possibly think of into the good category. The majority of America the- going like, something's going on here. We need to look into this. Did I tell you about the time that I worked at my cousin's restaurant and I was making the... Uh, the silverware roll-ups where you put the silverware in the napkin and you roll it up. Mm-mm. And I wrote a little note uh, in there and I said, help, I'm trapped in the back being forced to make roll-ups. <laughs> and I rolled it up into the <laughs> and then just put it in the stack with all the other uh, <laughs> roll-ups. Yeah, didn't go over very well, I gotta no. <laughs> tell you. <laughs> Story for another day, though. <laughs> uh, also in the yellow, almond M&M's. Canned pineapple and heavy syrup. Have you looked at the sugar content of canned fruit and heavy syrup? Heavy syrup? High fructose isn't, corn syrup. Isn't heavy syrup just 
high fructose. 100% is probably over 100% sugar. Right. (laughs) Somehow scientists figure out how to put more than 100% sugar in something. So red category. This is meaning don't eat this stuff. Don't eat it. To be minimized. Whole egg fried in butter. 29 out of 100. You know what's at the very bottom of the list? Ground beef. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's upside down again. So this is, this, this, this is apropos of everything that we talk about, though. Right. Because I'm not a virologist. I'm not a doctor. Or a neuroscientist. Or I'm not a neuroscientist, which is the, the most esteemed level of vaccine expert. Apparently. And I'm not a nutritionist. But I, I can look at this. Like, this is complete bullshit. Everything at the top of this pyramid, I, would ne- I, don't, I don't eat this stuff. I no. You know, I don't eat sugar. I don't eat this crap. I would never put it in my body. Right. Like, I live on, but, on beef and eggs. But, Matt, you are not an authority on this stuff. You are a general contractor. Which is my point. I really think that you should let the experts tell you what's good for you. Yeah. I mean, that's, right? Which is well, my, What do you think you're doing, just thinking for yourself? That's completely here. the point of bringing this up. Yeah. It's like, why? So, this, this is what you're giving me. This is what you're telling me I should give to my kid. I was like, hell no. I wouldn't feed my kid according to your chart yeah. like this. So why would I listen to you about anything else? Exactly. So Now, that's not to say that there aren't scientific truths that can be sussed out from research and experimentation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's not to say that just because uh, someone is an expert on something that they shouldn't be trusted. Um. But it is to say that you have to be your own best researcher, your own best doctor, and your own best you know, scientist sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That's just the world that we live in. You cannot take anyone's word just on faith. Right. You know, when I go into the hospital, every seems like every few weeks, have some procedure done on me where they poke and prod. and I go in there. Probe. With the (laughs) needing to know kind of what they're doing, because I just don't trust that just because they want to do it, that it's the right thing to be done. I'm usually convinced. I usually end up doing it, but not without a fight. Like, I really am going to understand this before I let you potentially, you know, the needle that they stuck into my kidney today. I could have walked out of there with a failed kidney needing a kidney transplant needing to go on dialysis that is one possible outcome of this very 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 unlikely for someone as young and good a shape as i'm in but um you have to you cannot just accept an appeal to authority as in, in lieu of you actually thinking i think what you're referring to can be best described as is i we were unfortunate to have a multi-year-long, extremely scary, serious uh, medical situation with my son. And they told us in the very beginning, is you're going to get a lot of information, a lot of different opinions. And we were blessed to be with a medical team that were just, man, yeah, I can't even put it into words without getting choked up. Like some of the most brilliant people in the entire world, people from all over the world that just studied this one thing. And we were just lucky to live close to them. And... They told us in the very beginning that you are your child's biggest advocate. No one knows him better than you, mm-hmm. and we need to hear from you guys. You, if we need to hear your questions. You know, you're the one that recognizes if he's acting a little off kilter or something's not working. Like we're we're relying on you for the information. You know, for the uh, 
for for watching over him and you know to to see how this how these procedures are working or not. So I think that's kind of what you're referring to a little yep. bit. Yeah, and you should be should be your your own or your child's biggest advocate. Yes, you don't just outsource that 100 percent to other people. You rely on the professionals, but you have to integrate with them and ask the questions. And there needs to be a communication and a dialogue because you guys are working as a team together. Right. It's that's why appeal to authority is a logical fallacy, right? Because just because someone's an expert in something doesn't mean that they're telling you the truth or that they know what they're talking about in any you know specific situation. Yeah, and I think to back up as it pertains to you know because you bring it around to all the the COVID nonsense that went on is I think we are describing the delineation between science. And scientism, or capital S science, or science Inc. So when you hear people saying, "We're going to follow the science," I was like, "You don't follow science. Like science is a model. Look at the science. It's called the scientific method. For Christ's sake, you question it, you tweak the results. You know, the CDC tweaks the results. (laughs) You you tweak your your experiments. You get new results. It's constantly evolving. You know, it should be constantly changing." You don't follow science. You follow sports teams and religion. That's what you follow. You should mm-hmm. always always be questioning science. So speaking of religion, I want to uh, swing this over to our boy Sam Harris, who has been in the news recently. <laughs> quite, quite a bit. Um, he might be the ultimate appeal to authority, logical fallacy maker yeah. uh, in popular culture this has been incredibly interesting because you and i have been talking about this for a little bit and a lot of you know some of the other platforms that we enjoy have been picking it up slowly you know over the last couple months he just seems to be and he was someone that i would check out every once in a while i'm like i don't really agree with a lot of stuff he says but i'm really interested in it and Mm -hmm. i did uh, you know for some time consider him a legitimate public intellectual. Yeah. You know, I would want to hear what he had to say, although, you know, it differed kind of from my worldview. And I have just saw, I saw a video a while back and the things that came out of his mouth, I was like, whoa, this dude's taking a hard right turn or left turn. I don't know what turn. I don't know. He's off the rails. Eastern. <laughs> yes. And, then more and more video, more he keeps. He seems to be on like a, a a propaganda tour of undermining his own intellect. Is what it seems like to me. It's wildly fascinating yeah, to watch. It does seem like he's intentionally trying to destroy yes. his own reputation. Yeah, doesn't it? And he's doing a great job. He really is. Yeah, there was you know when he had uh, Charles Murray on his podcast, uh, who wrote the Bell Curve, right. to talk about that. I thought that was pretty bold because. That guy got canceled for writing yeah. what he wrote about, and when he was on Bill Maher and um, had that argument with Ben Affleck, um, mm-hmm. you know, I thought, how'd that argument work out? Who won that one? Uh, depends on who you ask. <laughs> was I Affleck? don't think it's I don't think it's universally accepted <laughs> oh, that really? Sam Harris won that. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, people pick who they you know. Yeah. Any video, I'm sure you could go on YouTube right now and find a video that sort of says Ben, ben Affleck, Affleck owns <laughs> <laughs> owns Sam Harris. So uh, I'm I was trying to think back because we were going to do something on Sam Harris weeks ago. Right. We just never did, and then all this new shit came up, and just like the guys just asking for it and we often say and many other people do too that sunlight is the best disinfectant so i just want to shed some light on sam harris and see if we can understand 
for one, why he is listened to in the first place. Yeah. Why he's famous. Why he, how he can make money talking about the stuff that he talks about. From what I can tell, so the guy is a has a PhD in neuroscience, mm-hmm. and what neuroscience is is studying the brain to basically figure out kind of um, how people function mm-hmm. psychologically, right? Which to me, you know, calling it a science, it's it's kind of a behavioral science. Yeah, I agree. In my mind, you know what I mean? Yeah. They use MRIs and things to look at your brain while you're, you know, having a religious experience or things like that to try to put like a hard, cold science um, uh, sheen on it. But at the end of the day, it's about people's behavior. And it seems to me like it's a behavioral science. Now, I haven't, I don't know. I'm not an expert in this. I could be proven wrong on that. But to call someone a neuroscientist, Mm -hmm. to me, it sounds like you're calling them a biologist when they're, they're really a psychologist. Right. That's how I see it. It's like saying Dr. Joe Biden. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'd say neuroscience is a little more legitimate, but. So this guy, so Sam Harris wrote a book called uh, The Moral Landscape. I believe from what I can tell, that's the only time he's done any actual uh, scientific research using MRIs and using actual scientific study Uh to figure out how people's brains work. And in that book, he basically argues that morality and the entirety of human experience can be reduced to just science and rationality. Right. And that's also happens to be kind of where atheists exist. So Sam Harris is a staunch atheist, is a staunch atheist. He's one of the, the, what do they call them? The four horsemen of the um, non-apocalypse, or mm. or something like that. Him and uh, who are the other guys like uh, Dawkins and um, Height, mm. Jonathan Height, I think. Jonathan Height's on that list. That, uh, don't don't quote me on oh. that. I don't have it in front of me here, so I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to get that wrong. Okay. Anyways, um, so as a as an atheist, he's basically like most atheists arguing that rationality is superior to faith. Right. Okay. And so these guys, um, all kind of deal, they're called the new atheists also. And, um, they basically claim that, um, a, you have to, you, with, with science, you can prove whether or not there is, God, or uh, let me back that up. If if you can't prove it with a scientific hypothesis, then God can't exist, mm-hmm. right? And they argue that naturalism is sufficient to explain everything that we observe. Mm-hmm. Nowhere they argue is it necessary to introduce God or the supernatural to understand reality. Okay, that's their basic thesis, right? These same people will also tell you with a straight face that it's very possible that all of us are living in a simulation. And I'm like, what the fuck's the difference? <laughs> if we're living, can not, you prove that, that we're I in a simulation? Not that I entirely disagree, but. <laughs> I mean, you could easily say that we are living in a simulation and that God is the one that created the simulation. And that is my example. You know, that's why I know right. that God exists. And I mean, what the fuck's the difference? Like, how can you 
argue with a straight face, trash every religion, trash people that are religious as being just morons, basically right. not as smart as you find people. Yeah. yeah. And then in the very next sentence, be like, well, we could all be living in a simulation. It's like, oh, Jesus Christ. It's <laughs> the exact same fucking thing. So I had this clip actually of, uh, Sam talking about religion and, uh, he actually talks about uh, Sai Baba in this. Really? Yes. Not to be confused with Superfly. <laughs> Jimmy no, Superfly. Jimmy Superfly. Okay. <laughs> we consider Christianity. The entire doctrine is predicated on the idea that the, the gospel account of the miracles of Jesus is true. This is, this is why people believe Jesus was the son of God, divine, etc. This is a mistake that he makes over and over again. Mm-hmm. And he's basically saying that the miracles are why people believe in Jesus. Yeah. Missing the entire point that actually the reason that people believe in Jesus, the reason that Sai Baba followers believe in Sai Baba, is because the message that they bring equals happiness and salvation for people. Yes. The miracles are kind of what get you there, but that's not why people believe. Yeah. If that were true, if, if Hitler was able to just produce a few like fucking, you know, materializations of, you know, whatever magic, magic tricks that no one could explain, people would, you know, follow him the same way that they do Jesus. Odd odd metaphor, but (laughs) keep going. (laughs) This textual claim, this textual claim is problematic because everyone acknowledges that the Gospels followed Jesus' ministry by decades, and there, there's no extra biblical account of his miracles. But, but the, the truth is quite a bit worse than that. The, the truth is, even if we had multiple contemporaneous eyewitness accounts of the miracles of Jesus, this still would not provide sufficient basis to believe that these events actually occurred. Well, why not? Well, the problem is that first-hand reports of miracles are quite common, even in the 21st century. Um, I have met literally literally hundreds at this point of Western-educated men and women who think that their favorite Hindu or Buddhist guru has magic powers. The powers ascribed to these gurus are every bit as outlandish as those ascribed to Jesus. Now, I I actually remain open to evidence of such powers, but the the fact is that people who tell these stories desperately want to believe them. All, to my knowledge, lack the kind of corroborating evidence we should require before believing that nature's laws have been abrogated in this way. And and people who who believe these stories show an uncanny reluctance to look for non-miraculous causes. But it remains a fact that yogis and mystics uh, are said to be walking on water and raising the dead and flying without the aid of technology, uh, materializing objects, reading minds, foretelling the future, R- right now. In fact, all of these powers have been ascribed to Satya Sai Baba, the, the South Indian guru, by an uncountable number of eyewitnesses. Now, he even claims to have been born of a virgin, which is not all that uncommon a claim in, his, in the history of religion, or in history generally. So... Um, I'm just going to stop it there. I, my family were devotees or followers of Sai Sai Baba, who he's talking about Uh right there. I've been to India 
Mm-hmm. And I know to see Sai Baba, and I know all of the stories. I know about the guy whose ha- name happened to be Walter Cowan, mm-hmm. who Sai Baba supposedly brought back from the dead. Right. I never met the guy, but I knew a lot of people that had. Um, when I was in India, I saw him produce things, materialize things. Really? Out of thin air. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. So, was I tricked? I mean, you and I have psychic powers. We know. <laughs> this is you know, true. We know what, what is real and what's not. Ask all of our friends. Yes. To their dismay. They will. Um, was I tricked? I, I, it's possible. I will remain open to that. But what he's doing right here is missing the entire point of why people follow religion. That's the, oh yeah, that's the main thing I took up from everything you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't fucking matter. The reason that people follow religion is that they have hard, stone cold, clear proof that Jesus saves. Mm -hmm. They can show it in their own lives. They can show it to you in people's lives around them that Jesus saves. Right. And that is indisputable. And that's why he has followers. Not because he walked on water. Not because he turned water into wine. Yeah, he's breaking down. I think he's missing the point and that he's breaking down the Bible academically. Like, well, scientifically, this can't be true and this can't be true and this can't be true. And you're going like, you're dismissing the fact of why people actually go to India to see Sai Baba or to go to the church down the street or find Allah or whatever it is. It's a belief system. It's a structure that keeps communities together. Not, not that I want to get like too far deep into it, but I think, and I think to someone like Sam Harris, who's a miserable fucking pseudo intellectual fraud, as we will discuss later is he sees that as an intellectual weakness. He sees that as something to have disdain for that makes you a rube. Mm-hmm. And to the people that believe that, um, which sounds like you had an experience with, I certainly have too. It's one of the most beautiful things that can happen in your life. And he has nothing but disgust for that, which makes him a deplorable human being. Yeah. And he sees the people that believe in that the same way that he sees people who he deems to act irrationally. And he's able to kind of lump them all into the same category, but he doesn't do it in an honest way. He basically sees that, okay, you voted for Trump, Therefore, you are not thinking rationally, right? And you are someone that you know doesn't your your opinion doesn't count. And you've you know you've been duped by um, Elon Musk, or you've been duped by Trump. He, he applies this template to all walks of life, as we'll find out. And, and I want to clarify something real quick before we move on. It sounds like we are here. Is that I have no problem with a, I was a stone cold atheist the vast majority of my life, and. I am glad that atheists exist. Like a lot of people that I deeply love are stone, still stone cold atheists, and I like to have the conversation with them. And I'm never in the business of like, oh, I gotta, I gotta turn you around or whatever. It's like, no, you believe what you believe, and you know what I mean. You can't to to get someone to be on that kind of a journey. They have to find it themselves. You can't talk other people into it. Just as I didn't want to be talked into it, you know, mm-hmm. ten years ago, for example. So. Uh, I want to. I just want to point out as we move forward to these other things. Is I was my disparaging comments about Sam Harris had nothing to do with his views on religion because I have no problem with his views on religion. I just I'm mm-hmm. pointing out where I disagree with it. No, it's but, not about that. It's yeah. this is why he's wrong. But but 
we are what we're doing is setting the table, so to speak, that he uses this template for things that we now know that whether, you know, shove religion or spirituality or atheism aside is the things that we will get into later. You'll see that this guy is a complete fraud, and I think he's actually mentally deranged. He's, he is the most um, logically inconsistent person. Dude, it's a public intellectual I think I've heard in the last couple of years. Like we were saying a while back, Trump broke people's brains. No this, one more than Sam Harris. This guy is the casebook example for that. He can't stand Trump. I mean, he before Trump was even elected, he knew that Trump was going to be uniquely bad for everyone. There's nothing that can come of him that's good, even though he might not disagree with his policies, which he does say out loud. Mm-hmm. He's just so awful right. that it's like you don't get it. He can't apply the same ration rationale or uh, rationality to his own argument that he's accusing people of. Mis- making these mistakes Correct. when he's talking about religion and these other things. So um, he got off of Twitter because he just thinks Twitter is a, a cesspool and he thinks that nothing good can come it's of a cesspool all of this. because they no longer censor uh, things that counter his ideology. And like I always say, cesspools serve a function in our world. There's a reason we have cesspools. Okay. So, and I think Twitter argument against that Twitter serves that function. So anyways, here he is, uh, talking about why Twitter sucks happening there and how it relates to what's happening in American society. Generally, Twitter is in many ways, the seat of our societal dysfunction. Social media is surely the seat of that dysfunction. But Twitter, in particular, because journalists and politicians appear immovably anchored to it. But as I'm going to say a few things about Elon, let me just confess my uncertain... Hold on, before he does, um, he's wrong about why Twitter is, is the seat of societal dysfunction. He says it's because journalists are addicted they're anchored to it. And anchored to it. Mm-hmm. The real reason, I don't disagree. Twitter is awful. Yeah. Okay. But to go back to a Hindu uh, example, actually, mm-hmm. the reason why is because it's everything all at once. Correct. You can find good things on Twitter, and you obviously can find bad things right. on Twitter. And so there's this moment in the Bhagavad Gita, the Hindu text, where Krishna, the god of everything that created the universe, is having a conversation with Arjuna, his pupil. Mm-hmm. And Arjuna is like, I want to see what you see. I want to see, you know, like the real face of God. And if you've ever seen those Hindu paintings where the blue god Krishna, all the arms, all the arms and all the heads and all that, what he's showing him right there, he's showing him every single thing that's going on in the universe all at once. All at once. Every person that's crying, every person that's dying, every person that's suffering, every person that's laughing, everything everything all at once. And it's so overwhelming, he just can't take it. And if it wasn't for Krishna being there to save him, it would have killed Arjuna to see this, right? That's what Twitter is. It is everything all at once. And if you stick your hand into it and just you know, feel that energy, it's going to be, it's overwhelming, right? Like we would not let kids just go on no. Twitter. Or to take it one step further, even worse, I mean, you stick your hand in that cesspool, your hands, you're stepping, you're putting your hand in shit. 
what's even what's scary to me is there seems to be a large contingent of the world that conflates Twitter with reality. And that is one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen in my lifetime. And in one sense, it is reality. But it's reality out of a fire hose. Yeah. Right? And that's not any one person's reality. Right. You cannot live a Twitter life that would drive you insane. Just like Arjuna would have gone insane if Krishna hadn't saved him. Right. You cannot experience Twitter like that. But that's not to say that it's necessarily a bad thing. It's just that we have to deal with it on our own accordingly. Yeah. And not just try to drink from that fire hose all at once. As I've said or implied before, Elon has been a friend. Name drop. I'm not sure what the status of that friendship is now, frankly. And that has a lot to do. Pretty sure you guys aren't friends anymore. With Twitter. And I've had to confront this problem before. I've had many friends and now former friends who have large public platforms and who have said and done things in public over the years that I have found fairly reprehensible and have had to figure out whether to say something about that. And I'm, I'm still uncertain about the ethics of all of this. I don't know what having a friendship or a form of friendship should count for at moments like this. My default is certainly to more carefully calibrate what I say or even whether I say anything at all in these cases. Whereas if it's a stranger out there doing the analogous thing, I'll say something without much reflection about that. And I'm not sure which way the balance should swing. Should I be treating strangers more like friends? Should I be treating friends and former friends more like strangers? I honestly don't know what the answer is. But um, in the case of Elon, he's taking up so much bandwidth culturally, that uh, I feel like I have to say something. I just wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't comment on what he's doing over there at Twitter. So for better or worse... Um, isn't that arrogant? Yeah. Like, what <laughs> job? Is, it is. It's your job? I thought you were a neuroscientist. Like, What's your job again? Yeah. Like, who are you? Why the hell is this guy listened to? I really hope that his recent flubs and awful statements kind of put him into the, the dustbin of, of intellectuals because I really don't think he has anything to add to th- these, these conversations, especially when he's talking about COVID and talking about free speech. There was a pretty quick burn um, of that I experienced with following Sam Harris as someone who actually used to listen to, as I was saying before, even though I didn't totally agree with him, but um, it started out with the video of him saying the things about Trump, who's someone who I have no feelings towards, but he's saying it was the right thing to do to cheat and to manipulate elections. And to, and then when he said, like, I don't think I agree with that. And he goes in the, he's, he's, he was referring to it in deference to the Hunter Biden laptop story being suppressed by mm-hmm. everyone except for the New York Post. He was saying, no, it was the right thing to do because the right thing to do was to get Trump out of office. I was like, that's fucking arrogant because roughly well, half the country does not agree with you. And who appointed you in charge of you know, exclaiming what, what the relevant moral nar- narrative is? For I'm going to play that. So uh, yeah, okay. let's, let's, here's more what he thinks about Trump. 
First, the underlying politics of the moment. In my view, there's a needle you really had to thread over the last half decade or so, if you're going to be politically honest and ethically sane. And not that many people managed it. On the one side, you had to recognize how bad Trump was. Okay, stop for a second. This shit drives me insane. Is this is tricky? This guy because he's really good at it. He's he's obviously a very intelligent person, and he you could tell by how he he speaks speaks like this into the microphone. Subscribe to my Patreon. (laughs) Is this drives me insane? And he is so guilty of it. And once you pick up on it, you realize like this is this guy's entire act is what he mm-hmm. does. Is he sets out he proposes what's essentially a bullshit hypothetical parameter and sets it out like, you know, it, you know, as we all know, there was a yeah. needle it's an al- we had to thread. An allegation. Wait, what needle? Well the one that I just fabricated in my head. What I think is more morally relevant relevant and what's the correct way to think. And mm-hmm. that's the needle in my head, and I, that's how I'm proposing it to to you people who are just sit there and nod your head and agree with me. And if you didn't thread that needle that's in my head, then I'm going to ostracize you, and I'm going to demonize you, and create this binary system of like, yeah, you failed to you failed to pass the test that's in my head for what is morally okay. Right. That is fucking bullshit. It drives me insane. And people like this do it all the time. Totally. And that's what this guy's, once you pick up on it, this guy's entire act is that. Yep. Not just as a person, but as a cultural phenomenon. You had to see how appalling it was that we elected such a person to the presidency. As if we elect people with high moral standing <laughs> when, we, when we elect presidents or governors or, for that or matter. Any, or, anyone in Congress. Yeah. <laughs> it's just because he doesn't like the way that the guy behaves. And that's pretty much everyone's problem with him. Everyone Sam, thinks he's Sam, done it legal. I, I, I hate to break it to you. The bar set pretty low, bud. <laughs> Take it easy. We, that's why you and I always find ourselves defending Trump. It's because we're, we think Trump is horrible right. also. But for you to say that he's uniquely kind of awful. Outlier. Yeah. Yeah. He is unique. But in in a lot of metrics, he was way better than presidents before him and the president that's in power right now. So yeah, you you hit the nail on the head with that. It's I, I exactly noticed. right. Yeah, that he just says it out loud. He says that look, obviously this guy is the worst thing to ever happen. And if you don't agree with that, then you didn't just thread that needle. That's in then my you're, head. and exactly, and you're you're also uniquely bad. So. Sam got in a lot of trouble recently for saying that he wouldn't care if uh, if Hunter, Hunter Biden, Biden had dead children tied up in his basement. Right. Right. It was nothing compared to what Trump did with Trump University. Yeah, exactly. I remember listening to that going like, uh, I actually had to back it up. I'm like, I, I don't think I heard that right. So apparently that was taken out of context. And uh, here's him, uh, him defending himself against that. As I said, I bump into the evidence of Twitter everywhere in news articles now. And I've also looked at some of the Twitter files releases that are only available on Twitter. Now, apparently Elon was dunking on me after I closed my account and obviously misunderstanding my views about Trump and the Hunter Biden laptop story, along with everyone else. 
He said something suggesting that though I wrote a book against lying, I now believe that it was ethical and even necessary to lie to try to deny Trump the presidency. He surely got that impression from the two-minute clip from the Trigonometry podcast that went viral in right-wing circles. Of course, this is symptomatic of the very problem at issue. I believe that clip was made by an anti-vax lunatic and then spread to the ends of the earth by a Pizzagate lunatic, and it misrepresents what I clearly meant in the context of that interview. All right. Let's go to that interview and hear what he actually yes, had to say. that clip by any chance? You know I do. The whole run-up to, to the 2016 election. Oh, yeah. No, there, no one has clean hands here. But it, at the 11th hour, when it's when who knows how this election is going to go, who, know, who knows what the capacity for you know, disinformation at the last minute to, to tip the balance is... Then what do you do with the Hunter Biden laptop story when we already know, we, we know how this played out in 2016 with the Hillary Clinton email, you know, press conference where, where Comey in, 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 a, in an abundance of scrupulosity felt like he had to come before the cameras, I think 10 days out from the election and say, you know, we've, we're going to open up this, this investigation again because we've got Anthony Weiner's laptop, uh, we could see, I mean, again, her failure to become president was overdetermined. She was a, an appallingly bad candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of just tracking the poll numbers, you could, like, that was, that was the killing blow to her candidacy, right? That, that final moment. This is a this little long, a, but I don't want to take it out of context. Situation. This was, we're going to open up this laptop from hell, and the n- news cycle for who knows how long is going to be just... A, just the, the, conceivably just a nuclear bomb of a, an October, October surprise. And we're going to get four more years of Trump if we actually give this a fair hearing. But Sam... But you can't do that, Sam, surely. You've got to realise that you've got to be fair. <laughs> and number... The thing that I want to We're talk, all equal before the law. Yeah. And aren't then, we? And the other this thing... Isn't the law, but the, I know this it's isn't not the law. law but yeah. if, this is, if you accept my, my supposition that this is the public square, then it is the law. It is, if it is the public square, then it is law. Now, you're arguing it's not the public square, which is fair enough. Yeah. Right? That's right. fine. Yeah, Look, no. Why don't we move on? Because I think we, we've done enough. Yeah, sure. Yeah. He's of sucked course. up a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got a habit of doing that. Yeah. No, no, but I'll just say, just finally, I, I do, th- I, again, it's like a coin toss for me, the Hunter Biden laptop thing, because I, I do understand how corrosive it is for an institution like the, the New York Times to show obvious bias and inconsistency and dishonesty in how they, because like they couldn't even frame it honestly. It's not like, (laughs) it's not like, it's like the way I would frame it is, uh, listen, I don't care what's in Hunter Biden's life. I mean, Hunter Biden, at that point, Hunter Biden literally could have had, had the corpses of children in his basement. I would not have cared, right? It's like, it's, there's nothing First of all, it's Hunter Biden, right? It's not. It's like it's not Joe Biden. But even if Joe, like even the, whatever scope of Joe Biden's corruption is, like if you if we could just go down that rabbit hole endlessly and and understand that he's getting kickbacks from Hunter Biden's deals in Ukraine or wherever else, right, or China, it is infinitesimal compared to the corruption we know Trump 
is involved in. It's like it's like it's like a firefly to the sun, right? I mean, like there's just it doesn't even it doesn't even stack up against Trump University, right? Trump University as a story is worse than anything that could be in in Hunter Biden's laptop, in my view, right? Now that's not that doesn't answer the people who say it's still completely unfair to not have looked at the laptop in a timely way and to have shut down the you know the New York Post's Twitter account like that that's a, just a conspiracy that's a left wing conspiracy to deny the presidency to Donald Trump absolutely it was absolutely right but I think it was warranted. Right, and I'm, and again, it's a coin toss as to whether or not Sam, I'm sorry. that particular piece. I'm, I'm really yeah. sorry. I, I was the one that said we should move yeah, yeah. on, but you've just oh, said yeah. something I really struggled Go for with. It. It. So, Trump broke that guy's brain. Yes, it is hilarious. Trump dude. University, a online certificate program that anyone who actually thought they were getting a viable degree from <laughs> that's on you, my man. Is really dumb. All right. You should be able to figure that out while you're online applying to Trump University. Trump University alone was a firefly. No, any of Joe Biden's corruption is a firefly to the sun compared to Trump University. I mean, can you name corruption? That from from Joe Biden that would justify what he said. Uh, just uh, how much time they got? I mean, he wrote the recommendation letter for Son of Hunter's Chinese business partners. I mean, emails show they ordered the Afghanistan evacuation flights to be filled with unvetted refugees while we left our Afghanistan military personnel behind. Uh, I knew of the Haitian caravan months before it arrived, and then propelled the whipping narrative even after it turned out to not be true. Those people that were put on leave or still have not gotten those jobs back. We left over a thousand Americans in <laughs> in Afghanistan who are still there today, doubt their life. He claimed a drone strike for uh, Kabul, killed a high-level intelligence uh, Taliban officer. Turns out it was a U.S. aide and somewhere between five and seven innocent children who were running out in the driveway to greet him. He, oh he wrote the... He, he, constructed and enforced the mass guidelines only consulting the U.S. Teachers Union with Randy Weingarten, who is going to hell. Uh, he's a child sniffer. Uh, he said he was arrested <laughs> next to Nelson, Nelson Mandela, South Africa in 1970. That, you want, I mean, how much, yeah, how many, how many you want here? And that's not even getting a Hunter Biden. And when Sam Harris says, no, that's Hunter Biden, like that's irrelevant. Like it doesn't matter. Like, no, but Hunter Biden is doing this and cashing in. Hunter Biden didn't walk into Burisma and go like, you know the, the the head oil officials for the 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 Kush consultant job. He got like Biden. Any relation? Uh, no. <laughs> right. No. That this is being done with Joe Biden as the conduit. He's trading in on his power. So Joe Biden is very much complicit with anything that Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's brother, who is who is complicit with these deals with Hunter Biden, is doing. Is at, they are all absolutely culpable. And I personally think the biggest deal of it at all is that people answered polls saying they would not have voted for Joe Biden had they known that the laptop was real before the election. And Sam Harris is okay with that. He's okay with subverting the, what our democratic process because Trump is so uniquely bad and people who are persuaded by this October surprise are just too uninformed to be trusted with yeah. making those decisions. He's, he's, now, I don't disagree that right. people are too uninformed in making these decisions, but as long as they are, like the playing field has to be yeah. level or else that's just ultimate corruption. Yeah. You have 
a, an organization putting the scale, putting their hand on the scale and keeping the American people from knowing the truth about a very important um, piece of information. And again, it's what he always does, this appeal to authority. It doesn't matter. People can't be trusted. We need to be, as the authorities, we need to be the ones making these decisions for people. This really makes you think of something in that this is a biggest problem I have that people see leftism as their religion, whether they admit it or not, it is their religion, is that this notion of collectivism always hinges on, It's there's just such a wide overlap between people that are collectivists and see leftists as a religion and people that are just complete elitist pricks. And they see everyone through the eyes that they're rubes. I'm smarter than these people. That's why they need me to help them. I'm Sam Harris. Like, no, no, no. You th- Let me give you the information. Yeah. I'm in charge of corporate media. We will give you the information. Like, right. you don't, like, we can't, you poor dumb rubes, you know, that sit there and go to church on Sunday and, you know, all this ridiculous shit that you guys do that we just look down our noses at, have nothing but disgust and disdain for. Like, we, you can't possibly be left to your own devices to, to help have a voice in how society to run. Sam Harris is the epitome of that guy. And so many of these people that I know that are see leftism as their religion, they're like that too. It's like this, the part that they seem to skipped over in this utopia of collectivism is like, well, no, like, it's mean these other elites will have the say of like how these poor rubes can live. You know, they need our help and they can't do it on their own. They can't do it with uh, having more access to like the free market and their own, their own decisions and school choice and more economic freedom. It's like, no, that I need to be the conduit from that. Cause these poor people in these neighborhoods, like they can't do it without people like me. You know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a college educated middle-class white guy. Like I need to be making these decisions. Sam Harris is the fucking epitome of that. It drives me crazy. And then meanwhile, you have you and me, libertarians, over here going, you do what you do. If you want to ride a motorcycle with no helmet and smash your brain that's into the you. sidewalk, that's on you. You want to go to Trump if you, University, <laughs> that's on you, my man. If you don't want to go to church on Sundays and you don't think you go to hell, good luck. You think good. drinking bleach is going to cure COVID, <laughs> that's on you. <laughs> okay, so back to, uh, to Sam's podcast. He makes the most ridiculous claim right here that I just can't wait to play for you. We're acting like the opposite is the case, that there was clear government suppression of free speech. In fact, Elon tweeted that Twitter had acted, quote, under orders from the government to suppress free speech with no judicial review, end quote. That appears to be just false. And from what I've seen, Elon's editorial comments on the Twitter files more or less reliably misrepresent the information that is actually leaked. Anyway, what what is false is God. A, yes, the FBI did not order the people at Twitter to obey their commands, or they would shut down Twitter. Right. Okay. Fine. If that's your definition of uh, free speech, he's against. Okay. He's, if that doesn't violate the First Amendment, then. I don't know what, or I should say the other way. If that's the only way you can violate the First Amendment, then you're really very naive about what the government yeah. does and how they operate. I would love to ask if Sam Harris, I would love to hear someone ask him. So I stop right there. Are you denying that there is some kind of symbiotic relationship between big tech and the deep state, the FBI? So in this, and with 
as it pertains to this conversation with Twitter and the FBI. It's kind of like that. What his, his answer would be. It's kind of like that. Well, they're a free company or, or a, a private company. They can do whatever they want argument. Right. That's like, no, no, not, not if not, they're in bed making, you know, they're, they're paying, they're getting paid by the FBI for the information that they give them be, as a reimbursement. Right. You know, it's legal. Yeah, and you're supposed to do that, but we're talking about millions of dollars for turning over information to the FBI. I think it's billions at this point. It does seem relevant to point out that Biden wasn't president at the time, <laughs> so requests for the removal of tweets were not coming from the people in power. And when the FBI contacted Twitter, okay, so he's week, wrong right there. I, I see what I see what is I see the picture he's trying to paint, and that. He, whatever you know, given team is in power in the White House controls is at the top of the umbrella controls everything else. That is n- absolutely and as categorically false and is absolutely not true. Yep. The FBI. We have the emails of Valley, the Valerie Jarrett emails that the high ups in the FBI were aggressively working to get Trump out of office. Yeah. Trump, it was not this notion of well, it was Trump's FBI. It was not. Trump's FBI. We're going to get into this Sunday and the notion of the deep state. The deep state and the White House and Congress, like these are different things. This is not like the president, Biden didn't walk him to office and clean house and just like, no. all right, I'm, I'm putting everyone in with my guys, guys I can trust. And it's called the happened. deep state for a reason. If you think it's not that, the shallow state. God bless your adorable soul. <laughs> it's not just sitting there like, oh, new, uh, new boss in town, guys. We better change everything that we've been doing. Warning that there might be some Russian disinformation coming that was related to Hunter Biden, and this is being perceived as a smoking gun on the right. This was Trump's FBI, run uh, by a Trump yeah. appointee. Surely that muddies the picture of a hyperpartisan deep state seeking to undermine an election. How naive is that, dude? I got it. Can I ask you something? Yeah. Stupid or liar? I know. I- or not stupid. Is it naive like or completely blinded by ideology or liar? It's so obvious. He's not stupid. No, I, he's not a stupid guy. I really, I used to think he was a total fed, mm-hmm. right? And he was just doing all of this to kind of carry water for the deep state to <laughs> kind of, but it seems so dumb to me. It's like too easy. It's just, he, I think he actually believes it. Yeah. So much so that, you know, because we are, have a running game of who's a fed or not with our friends. We got our hands <laughs> Other half of Liberty Tree. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, but to that point, like for a guy like Sam Harris, like, well, it's irrelevant. You're carrying their water regardless. Like almost so aggressively, right. we have to go like. This is like it's irrelevant. You're right. At least, at least Ray Apps kept it close to the vest, <laughs> the, the uh, bulletproof brass vest they wore outside the Capitol. By the mm-hmm. way, it was not questioned by the FBI. And but he is, I think he's so he's the like we were saying before. It's a casebook example of someone's brain was just, their emotional well being is completely intertwined with Trump. And I know people like this that are still yeah. like. This he is the, I don't know how far we'll go down this road, but he is the epitome of like anything you bring up. Uh, you know, what you said there is factually incorrect. Like actually, what happened was this. Yeah, but Trump, like he'll just do this hard turn 
Always. I, I don't, why, we weren't talking about that. Like, why did you bring that up? It's his, I know people like this personally. It's, it's his broken brain. Yeah. It just always defaults to, to, to Trump. It's like a, a computer that you can't get it to start up, and it keeps going back to that same screen. His screen is Trump. Yeah. It just goes to every time. So I want to jump to the, the stuff that he said recently on the COVID front. Yeah, okay, good. This is, this is what I was thinking about. Um, and, I mean, this has got to be the nail in the coffin for this This guy. is the one. So the clips that you were just playing, that first one you played, I was like, wow, he seems to be kind of taking some side steps here. And I don't, I've always like disagreed a lot with it, but I've always um, appreciated him as an intellectual voice. You know, I like to listen. I mean, I listen to NPR every morning. It's like, I want to hear what everyone's saying. It's, mm-hmm. it's interesting to me. And you combine it all together and you pull out, you know, kind of at the end of the day, you're, I got to figure out for myself what's true. And then it took that second step of the other clips you played. And, you know, the, the most recent ones, like the one you just played, I was like, dude, you're. I, I think I think he got you. Trump got you. It's, it's it's sad to watch. And then this latest stuff that you're about to play, I was just like, dude, he is mentally not well at this point. He's not because he the way he talks in this interview, it's you you have to stop it and ask yourself like, what? Yeah, like your arguments are all of a sudden like a six year old's arguments, right? On these things, yeah. It just seems like he's lost it. I had to listen to it on multiple occasions, and I'd even I was like, I got to bounce this off someone, and I talked to you. I said, "Am I missing something here? Because this is insane. This is like how insane people talk." Yeah, I feel like is this out of context or something? It's so bizarre. So it's um, again, I do hold out hope that there are things out in the world that will push people around and will change things. I mean, I think we got very unlucky, take, take it back to COVID for a second. In one way, I mean, we got very lucky that COVID wasn't worse than it was, right? You know, it could have been much, much worse. It could have been 10 times as deadly or... No, um, because then it wouldn't have been COVID. It would have been something entirely different. That's like saying we're lucky meteorites didn't come down at the same time as COVID. That would have been way worse. People would have really died if we had meteorites smashing into the earth. Yeah, if they had, I, w- I would have been right there. Yeah. Or, or you know, 50 times as deadly. And we, <laughs> Why not 100? We would have lived through, or many of us wouldn't have lived through, something truly awful. But um, mm. had COVID been worse, you know, uh, just enough worse to really get our attention, to really be undeniable, we would have had a different political conversation around it there wouldn't there wouldn't have been do you think so brett weinstein would not have been releasing 80 straight podcasts on the dangers of the vaccine if a few variables were changed i mean just just take that leave covid exactly as it is but just make it preferentially dangerous children rather than to old people right you just flip that around the, the variable of age. Okay, okay. If kids... So let, let's just... Uh, for anyone there marginally paying attention, he <laughs> be brought up to speed. What his premise is, is leave COVID as it is, but it affects children at a much higher rate, somewhere between 1% a day. Yeah. So other than that, COVID as it is. Just the same. Yeah. Exact same. Exact same thing, okay. so except it kills 1%, right. which is... Roughly uh, 300 times 
more deadly than it currently is. 3,000. Well, I'm thinking of, of the general public. Okay. General population. Right. Okay. Not children. Right. But yeah. then it also affects children. Yeah. So, okay, so it's 300 times more deadly and it affects children. So just, we just change that. That's just that one. Just that one variable, even though it's two. Okay. Kids were dying by the hundreds of thousands from, from COVID at a rate of whatever it was, you know, 1%, say. Um, mm-hmm. But it was pretty much all kids. We, we would have had a very different experience. Do you think so? <laughs> wow, what a brilliant insight. This guy's a doctor. I, we never thought of that. It's so funny. We've said that many times on the podcast that, you know what, if this was affecting children, we would be we would think of this differently. I said that when the vaccine first came out. Yeah. Because I remember having discussions with people. We've said it on this podcast. We've said it in person hanging out. I mean, we've all said that. It's like, look. This scene seems to be hitting the elderly and people that are immune compromised or in, were people that were in generally poor health mm-hmm. for, for whatever reason. And not that I'm saying anyone deserves something more than anyone else, but I'm not going to inject something that I don't know what it is uh, if I'm not at risk for it. I'm not, and I wasn't I, anti-vax. I was, that was our main point. Like, all these people were in such a rush to get it. I was like, let's let them get it and just keep an eye on things and let it go. You know, it's like being the guy in the eighties. Don't get that first wave of hair plugs, man. You see those yeah. guys today? Like it's not good. Let the technology develop like a little bit. Same thing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We were saying that from the beginning. Well, we're not really at risk, but, and well, but you going to kill my grandma and you're like, yeah, but it, the vaccine. Your grandma's 86, dude. I'm sorry. And she's mean as a snake. Like, <laughs> But and, the vaccine. But we had said, like, if this thing was nailing, if I thought my kid was at inordinate risk compared to the rest of the population or any kids, this would be different. I would be first in line. Totally. Because to, to quote the great Michael Malice, are some people better than others? Yes, some people are better than others. My son is a better person than me. He has more to offer this world than I do at this point. Your kid is better than you. Way better. easy almost all children are better than adults like that's why just because of the innate potential that they have correct yeah and on top of that the vaccine did not stop the spread what was our problem with it we weren't at risk to be a juggalo i'm wrong and i'm sorry (laughs) take it all back we we are not at risk most people are not at risk most Almost everybody is not at risk, especially children, and the vaccine is not protecting your grandma from me anyways because it doesn't really work. Those were our points from the beginning. Well, as soon as we knew that the vaccine, which didn't take long, as soon as we knew the vaccine wasn't effective, right? Those were our points. That's why we had a problem with the whole COVID regime and all the pressure and all the shame and all the fucking shutdowns and all the bullshit that they did to destroy our world as we know it, in my opinion, intentionally but right and right. and the patience that there would have been no fucking patience for vaccine skepticism mm-hmm. right and we everyone would have recognized that this is not my body my choice this is you're not going to kill my kids with your with your ignorance right and uh, you change one other variable what if the vaccines actually really did block transmission much better than <laughs> they, they didn't? Right now, there was a moment where it was only rational to expect them to block transmission. Turns out they don't don't do it nearly as much as we would hope. Thank you for point. admitting that. Uh, they just shorten the window by, by which you know during which transmission is possible. Uh, uh, if they're even doing that now, I don't know. But um, 
let's say the vaccines really did block transmission, but then nothing else was, you know, all of the other Michigas about how, you know, untested they are and how dangerous they yet might be and the spike protein and blah, blah, blah. Leave all that in place. Just give me a little more transmission blockage and give me kids being preferentially killed or, or injured by yeah, this, right. this disease. The, it, the, the obscenity of much of what was said, what much of what was said about COVID at the time at which it was said, you know, the, 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 the conspiracy thinking, the platforming of people who were obviously unwell and unbalanced professionally and mentally around, around mm-hmm. vaccines uh, and their skepticism. So, so, oh, dude, there's so much meat on this boat. <laughs> I don't know where to stop. But go, let's go with what he just said. He's at the platforming of people that were, what, what did you say, unwell and deranged? Yeah. That were right. Right. They, they were right. His point is that they didn't know they were right at the time. Okay. So it doesn't matter because he says that so, about Weinstein. So let, Weinstein, that he's an evolutionary biologist. Right, but not an infectious disease expert. And he said that even if it turns out... Sam Harris, who is not an infectious disease expert. Even if it turns out that he was right, it doesn't matter. Because he didn't know that he was right at the time. Which is totally contrary to his example right there. Because he says, give me um, the... A little bit more... that That it protects people from transmission. Right? That it actually, essentially, works. Uh, as a vaccine, <laughs> it's a vaccine would do. He says, take away all the mishmagas, whatever word he used that about it being untested and whatnot. And it's like, hold on, how would you know it works if it's untested? Yeah. So w- with your magic wand, okay, it works, right? But how do you know it works? It's untested. Yeah. Right. That you, that, that doesn't you can't make that work. That and that square peg doesn't say- fit in the round hole. And so just because I've had this out in the wild and people say that it was tested, a typical vaccine is tested from between 10 and 15 years. This was tested from between nine and 10 months. It was tested. No, 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 no. Not compared to the usual standard that a vaccine is tested. You can't say it. Yeah, technically it was tested, but you have to point out those parameters. I also have to point out, like, let me, let me pose this question to you. Is us, uh, what was again, uh, unwell and deranged people, Right. Mm-hmm. What made us un- unwell and deranged that we didn't follow the narrative, that we questioned it, or we were skeptical. What else could you base that on? Right. And we got that wrong. And to reference an earlier conversation, is what were you always met with when you said like I'm not, I just I, do, I don't I'm I'm not feeling comfortable taking this vaccine. I'm not going to take it. You can do it if you want. Like I'm not going to take it. What, what what was the the motto? I'm going to follow the science. I'm following the science. If I am unwell and deranged, and you are unwell and deranged, and all these people that were giving you know the, the evil injustice of giving platforms are unwell and deranged, right? And they, by whatever chance, whatever happenstance, like coincidence, got everything right. That they figured out that the vaccine, which is not a vaccine, didn't stop transmission, and the kids weren't at risk. And it was only people with comorbidities and people with compromised immune systems and the elderly were the most people, you know, what we guessed in the very beginning, that turns out to be totally true. And you, Sam Harris, who are apparently not unwell and deranged, and you guys had all the science, and you got everything fucking wrong, I got to ask, 
What kind of a science scientist does that make you? Right. So I'm deranged and unwell. You're the scientist that I should be listening to, and you got everything wrong. I got a question: What kind of a scientist you are? Totally. Point. Well, he's a neuroscientist. It's not really science. The patience for that would have been non-existent, right? And so we, so in some sense, we got unlucky mm-hmm. uh, at how benign this was and how mysterious <laughs> it, it could yet <laughs> seem. Because isn't it a bummer that this was just so benign and that we couldn't prove all these plebes wrong and that everything just didn't work out the way that we hoped it would? I'm gonna, I'm doing my best to be charitable and be an adult here. If I was a dick who took sucker punches. I would say, you know, between your, I wouldn't care if Hunter Biden had children buried in his basement and we got unlucky, unlucky that more kids didn't die during COVID because that made you wrong. You seem to have this ominous track record of really not caring if kids die or not. And I find it extremely troubling. It's interesting. Yes. It is his kind of go-to analogy i was like i hate to say it like you kind of sound like a psychopath you kind of sound like you want to kill children i mean you keep saying it out loud yes um i think we could stop it there where'd you hear that what's well well, from you you said yeah oh is it that two minute clip that some anti-vax maniac took out of context no listen to the whole two hour podcast which i gotta tell you is one of the most boring podcasts i ever waded through man you did the lord's work (laughs) Um, so basically what he's saying is if the vaccine was more deadly and, or excuse me, the virus was more deadly right. and infected children specifically, mm-hmm. and the vaccine actually worked to prevent this, I would have been right and you all would have been wrong. Right. You are correct, sir. Congratulations. Good job, Sam. I don't feel